You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 84 and today we have Carl Sakers on the line. Carl, thanks for joining. Jimmy, great to be here. It's uh, it's so cool to get you on the show. Um, you're one of the people that I've spotted around uh, in like the agency coaching land online for such a long time. And I know we've spoken via email, LinkedIn and various things. So to have you... Uh, well, I was going to say in person, but that's not true. But, you know, to be looking at you is, is close nice. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Carl, you are from uh, Sakers & Company. Can you give us a bit of an introduction about what you do and your business? Yeah, absolutely. So, my work focuses on helping agencies overcome growing pains, doing that as a consultant and a coach and a trainer. Uh, you know, I'll hear about growing pains, things like last year our revenues doubled, but our profit margins are down. Mm-hmm. Or we're good at selling new business, but we struggle to actually fulfill it. Or, you know, some of my team members have been leaving. I'm not sure why, and I'm worried it's going to keep going, and then I won't have an agency anymore. Uh, so that's <laughs> where I come in. Uh, I'm based in the U.S., in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, but have worked with clients all over the world. So far, uh, hundreds of agencies in 32 countries Every every continent except for Antarctica. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome! What a great claim. I just uh, it's very uh, rare that I actually know where a city in the US is, but I know where Raleigh is because ah. I flew through there um, escaping a hurricane last year. I was meant to go to to Boston. I had to change my flight, and the only one available ah. was through Raleigh um, from Florida. So wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, glad you, I guess you escaped the hurricane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, now today, I, this is an interesting topic because in the agency world, we're very uh, preoccupied with making our clients happy. Well, I assume yes. that many agencies are, uh, but we very rarely talk about uh, keeping ourselves happy. I am seeing a bit more of a shift towards this in a lot of ways. Um, but that's what we're talking about today, your agency satisfaction index. So let's dig into that a little bit. Why do we need to care for one? Well, I, you're right that client satisfaction is important. If our clients are unhappy, they're going to leave, and that's bad for our businesses, uh, for our agencies. But it's easy to put client satisfaction to the point that your own satisfaction, your agency satisfaction, plummets. And um, you know, if you lose all your clients, you're going to go out of business. Uh, but if you're unhappy while your clients are unhappy, you're going to feel like you want to go out of business. So in, in my work with hundreds of agencies all over the world and my work working at agencies myself as a PM, director of client services, director of operations, um, you know, I've identified that there are four stages you can think about where your agency client relationships are today. And if you understand what stage you're in now and understand the stage where you want to go to, you can follow some steps to move up those stages in the agency satisfaction index. Okay, cool. And yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a very important topic just because 
agency owners are often stressed out. Is, is, is that why you focused on this? Like you've just seen, what, what made you get into this originally? Did you see like a bunch of agency owners stressed out and struggling or? I, I did. I, you know, I, I've been in the industry for a long time. In high school, I learned HTML, started building websites, you know, back in the days of dial-up and Internet Explorer 3. So I've been in digital for a long time. Uh, you know, ultimately worked for one agency and another, I realized there was this opportunity where most agency owners started the agency because they love some aspect of the work. Could be design, could be development, could be strategy, PR, copywriting, and they start bringing in more people to help and suddenly they're running a business. Hmm. So they're often an accidental agency owner. That's not (laughs) for everyone, but for a lot of people. And so they don't have training on running a business. Um, You know, in, in my case, I am a third-generation entrepreneur. Seikis and Company is my third business since high school. All of the business stuff is just normal for me, um, and I enjoy helping people solve problems. I I feel really lucky that what I'm good at and what I know is something that people need help with, and, you know, everyone everyone wins. I'm interested in what your first business was. First was, in fact, doing web design as a freelancer in high school. I did that in high school and college, Uh, did web design, computer training, and troubleshooting, uh, mostly in the Washington, D.C. area here in the U.S. Uh, I actually found some testimonials from some of my uh, original clients. Uh, One noted, and this is like circa 1999, uh, how that, you know, I was working with her and her agency remotely. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was working remotely as a, as a teenager. Uh, and she, uh, she said in the testimonial, I'd found an archived version, uh, I was very good at search engine submittals, you know, back when it was, <laughs> right? So When you had to do that, know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, my, my clients are certainly more SEO experts than I today, but it's like, wow, time, time flies. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when that was like one of the most important things to do when you created a new website was the, the submittals. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it was like, there were like these pinging services that would do it that you signed up for and you had to go and ping your website when you first made it. Oh man, those were very different days. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, sometimes people will ask me as an agency consultant, like, you know, where is the industry going in 20 years? And I mean, no one really knows, you know, from my web design experience, if you had told me that someday monitors are going to be enormous, the idea of widescreen monitors, mm-hmm. that would have made sense, right? Because I was thinking about well, 640 by 480 and then 800 by 600. Like, of course, they're going to get bigger. Yeah. You also said, but by the way, at the same time, they're going to be tiny because they're going to be on your phone. I'd be like, your phone, the, the screen's microscopic. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Uh, so, you know, I, I think we spend a lot of time looking in the distant future. The reality is um, the thing that is going to hurt us is going to happen in the next few years. You know, for instance, if you are getting less than 20% net profit margins, you've got profit leaks, you know, you need to fix that before you figure out what is the service you're going to offer in 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about your agency satisfaction index. There's four stages. So let's let's start looking at that. Absolutely. So imagine a fuel gauge, uh, gas gauge, petrol gauge, you know, uh, on, on a car where, you know, it'll go, go up and down. Uh, the lowest stage of the four is what I call powerless. That is, you are powerless in the relationship. Whatever the, the client asks you to do, you got to do it. You know, you're working <laughs> really crazy hours. You're really stressed out. Uh, you know, your team is stressed out too. 
it's not a fun place to be. And your profit margins are probably really bad. You may even be losing money in that scenario. That's powerless. The next stage is overwhelmed. You know, when you are overwhelmed, I mean, that that isn't good, but it's better than powerless. Now you sometimes feel okay pushing back a little bit. Uh, you're still probably working, you know, long hours, maybe more like 60 hours instead of 80 hours a week, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, kind of thing. You, your family vaguely recognizes you. Vaguely, vaguely. Um, you know, and in that case, you're willing to push back a little bit when you're overwhelmed, but you're still mostly saying yes to whatever most of what client wants, you know, you say yes. Uh, the big shift, you know, we've got powerless, overwhelmed, when you can make the jump to confident, right? So we've got the fuel gauge, we've got powerless, overwhelmed, confident. When you're confident in the client relationship, things are feeling much better. You know, this is where many agencies aspire to, to go. Um, you know, when you're confident in your agency-client relationship, you feel comfortable pushing back. If the client asks you to do something that you think is a bad idea, you feel confident in saying, oh, there's some concerns, you know, here's why. They don't always listen to you, but you at least feel like you can share. You feel safe sharing. Uh, you know, your hours are more normal, um, you know, probably 50 or less, uh, unless you've chosen to structure to work on a part-time basis. Uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, you're less stressed, your team is less stressed. And if you want to stay there, if you want to stay in confident, you certainly can. Um, but there is a fourth stage. If you want to stretch you could go from confident to valued. When you are valued in your client relationships at your agency, it's pretty amazing. When you uh, propose services, clients tend to say yes. They're often asking you, what else can I buy? Mm -hmm. You know, when I was talking through renewals uh, last year, uh, you know, client was like, are there any other services that we have, you know, that we're not using that we could benefit from? Like they brought that's it up. Nice. Yeah, that's ideal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. I, I mentioned the idea that, you know, when you're confident, uh, your clients will feel okay if you push back. When you're valued, they come to you first. They come to you at the beginning of the decision process, the beginning before they have a strategy, and they want your help figuring out the strategy. Rather than, you know, when you're powerless or overwhelmed, you're at the end of the whole process. You know, if you've ever had a client say, you know, we need this thing for this event tomorrow or this event next week. And you're thinking to yourself, they've known about that for a while. Like, why are they telling us now at the last minute? When you are valued, you're going to hear about that. You're helping them plan the whole thing in the first place. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Along the way, you know, the stronger your pipeline, the easier it is. So, you know, you still have to be thinking about pipeline. Uh, that helps give you increased, you know, increased confidence in everything. Yeah, nice. It's um, it's actually really interesting to hear this because I can absolutely uh, agree with these these four stages. Like, well, not by agree, I mean like we went through them in our agency. We haven't uh, right. shut down. Oh, sorry, we we don't actually do that work anymore. Um, I don't have an agency. We focus on um, content snare and my Zapier course now. But um, yeah, like I remember the first couple of clients where we are probably taking on $500 websites and um, when they said, you know, jump, we'd say how high and we'd do all the things because that's what we thought we had to do. You felt um, like you had no options. Yeah. Um, but I, we fairly quickly moved to overwhelmed <laughs> because like, and um, 
end to confident, I would say we actually moved pretty quickly. And that's because I have a short um, fuse, not a fuse, that's not the right word, but like I just don't like getting pushed around. Um, And I would very happily push back on clients in a positive way um, fairly quickly. Um, And like I actually tell the story of when we went from overwhelmed to confident quite a lot because um, Zapier and automation had a big part of that, right? So we Ah. got to a point where we're taking on too many clients at too low price um, and we were doing too many things ourselves, trying to take on um, doing work that is like easily outsourceable or automatable um, or like setting up self-hosted versions of things that we could have just paid a bit more money for as a SaaS product, you know? So, So that was how we actually went from that what was it um overwhelmed to confident it's kind of all happened at once you know we raised prices we um started pushing back on clients and um i will i implemented a lot of automation in the business uh, and and hired you know more team process that kind of thing so that was a very significant shift in our business and i don't think we ever made it to valued um i mean we did with some of our really big clients um yeah but um yeah that's that's a significant shift um i really like this it definitely seems like the how it works <laughs> yeah well and and certainly you know for people who are listening you're probably thinking to yourself which of those stages are you in right mm-hmm. you know are you currently powerless are you overwhelmed are you confident are you valued and then importantly where do you want to go where do you want to be for most people it's either going to confident or to value. And it turns out from my work with 350 plus agencies, there are specific things you can do at each stage to move up a stage. Um, mm. And I can summarize those if you're interested. Yeah, um, we'll get get into that um, in a yeah. second. Just curious, why would someone stop at confident? Like I'm kind of thinking maybe that's because to me, valued would mean you are a bit more of a full service agency, a lot more hands on doing a lot of the strategy, whereas some agencies might want to be less hands on than that with all their clients. Is that why you might stop? I mean, it's really up to you. Uh, it, it's harder to get from confident to valued mm. uh, because you're, you really have to shift the services you offer. Right. Yeah. Position yourself as a, a valued agency. A lot of it is offering more strategically oriented services, and yeah. not everyone wants to do that. Exactly. Yep. Cool. That makes sense. So, let's talk about. I guess start start from the bottom from powerless. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. I guess you've basically described what it means, but yeah, if there's any anything else we need to dig into there as well as how to move up, let's do that. Well, so, you know, and if you're, you know, listing along, thinking about what stage you're in, powerless, overwhelmed, confident, and valued. If you're currently powerless and you want to move to overwhelm, this is about what I call strategic churn. That is, you need to fire (laughs) your worst clients. (laughs) That is such a great phrase, a great way of like firing clients, strategic churn. I love that. Uh, Sometimes people (laughs) ask, you know, well, what percentage of our clients should we retain? It's like, well, only retain the good ones. You know, if you're retainer oriented, ideally you're keeping 80 to 90% of your clients each year, but there's a client you want to get rid of, like you don't really need to count that as long as you're replacing them. So that's strategic churn, um, intentionally replacing the bad clients with, with good ones. For instance, a client in Canada had mentioned that one of her agency's clients was making misogynistic comments to members of her team. And she was like, do we have to keep him as a client? I'm like, why? 
Like he sounds like a terrible person and you're going to lose your employees if they don't see that you show your employees, this is not acceptable. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty clear case of uh, strategic churn. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and, and this is why it's important to keep your pipeline strong. You know, never stop marketing for yourself. Although shoemaker's kids happens a lot. Hmm. It's not really a good excuse. Hmm. Um, so, you know, tool wise, I have a client rankings matrix you can use. You plug in all of your clients and you look at what is their current value and their future potential. And based on that, you're able to identify which clients to grow versus which to you know, maybe keep as is versus which ones to fire. And then mm. I have some advice about how to actually fire is there, those. Uh, is there a, another metric there of how much of a pain in the ass they are? That would be part of the current value. It could be, you know, ah, right. a ton of money, but the current value is very low. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, pay attention to how you're feeling. If, if you especially if they're a prospective client, you know, you hear from someone and you're just like, it feels like this, this is going to be really difficult. Pay attention to that. You are right. You are yeah. right. God feeling is massive. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I am a hundred percent on board with that. Like every time I've gone against my gut with a client or a hire, a team hire, it's bitten. Yeah. Like somehow we're very good at picking up these things. Like occasionally someone gets through that. Like uh, I remember one of my, when we were talking about the over a powerless uh, client, I had one yeah. in my mind before where I was just like, I don't know how she got through because she seemed really cool, like and like chill, and everything seemed alright, but she just became a nightmare. Um, yeah, but you know, it happens uh, to all of us. <laughs> I, I think there's a dating analogy, right? You know, if if people are in theory on their best behavior as things start and there are still problems. <laughs> when you get better magically uh, magical thinking is one of the biggest things that gets in the way of running an agency you're like well they're gonna change they probably hmm. won't nope uh or well we'll figure it out later sometimes <laughs> that makes sense sometimes no no so uh so powerless to overwhelm that's about strategic churn you can use my free client ratings matrix to identify which to grow versus fire or otherwise. And where do people um, go to get that? Uh, that's at sakasandcompany.com. S-A-K-A-S-A-N-D, uh, uh, the word company.com. Uh, you can do a search for client rankings matrix. All right, that's cool. And I will, I'll link that up in the show notes anyway, um, just so people correct. don't have to remember it. So that'll be at agencyhighway.com slash 84. Um, probably a bit easier to remember. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, if you wait, sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll share that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's start to, go, talk about overwhelmed. Yeah. Say, you know, you've made it from powerless to overwhelmed and you want to go from overwhelmed to confident the next stage. This is ultimately about setting boundaries with your clients, kind of like in your personal life. Ideally you set and maintain boundaries with people in your personal life. So they're not walking all over you. Uh, and when it comes to how to actually set those boundaries with your clients, I've created a simple yet powerful three-step process that I call Reason Options Choose, R-O-C. Here's how that works uh, for, for everyone, you know, mm -hmm. listing one. Uh, you start by citing a reason. You're like, I'd love to do that, but, you know, our policy is this, or, you know, we require this or that. You know, we'd love to get started with our policies. We need a deposit before we can schedule a kickoff meeting, kickoff call. 
then you give them options. You're giving them two to three options. And importantly, all of the options you provide are ones that you would be happy to fulfill. You are limiting the options you offer to ultimately, if they say yes to any of them, you'll be happy. They'll be profitable. They'll go smoothly. And then, so reason, options, you let them choose. They are choosing which one they do. So for instance, um, as director of client services, I had a client that was at a multi-billion dollar company, but it's as if she was spending her own, you know, out of her own wallet on a lot of the work we did for, for them. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she, she was not very nice, but you know, had asked us to do something and I gave her a quote on what it would take to do it. And she was like, mm, I only want to pay. And it was about half of what I had quoted. Mm-hmm. I said, hmm, okay. So I, I said, let me regroup with the team. And I came back to her and I gave her two options. I said, we can do the full scope that you requested for the original price. Or if you need to fit within the smaller budget, here's the smaller scope we could provide yeah. for that price. And of course, the third kind of implicit option is, or we don't do anything. Yeah, and absolutely. Free, but we don't do anything. <laughs> uh, and she thought about it. And funny, she found the full budget for the full <laughs> scope. But, yeah. but even if it's the smaller scope, it still would have been profitable because we restricted the options to what we were okay with providing. Yeah, I really like that. That's kind of something that we ended up doing as well. And I guess the advice that I've seen uh, this framed as is like, if you're going to reduce the price also always reduce the scope. Like if you're going to, if you, if they say this is our budget, you say, okay, cool. We're going to remove some things. Like it's always removing. You never just drop your price because they said they can't pay it. And have your client sign. I, I, I refer to it as a list of sales exclusions like in whatever statement of work you're having them sign, have a list of, they understand these things are not included. Mm-hmm. That's if you're doing a milestone based, based engagement, or if, you know, if it's more agile and flexible, you could say, you know, the plan is not to do these, yeah. you know, and they, they will have signed that explicitly. Mm-hmm. So then later when they're like, why aren't we doing whatever you can point back to the paperwork. It's never a good sign when you have to point to the paperwork, but at least you will have it. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. You, there are so many cases where you don't think, people don't think they'll have to use the paperwork, and they do. I've seen it so many times. Um, we actually ended up using a clause that, was, that said, if it's not explicitly stated in the inclusions, then it's excluded. Uh, because uh-huh. we, we had a really big fight with a client who was telling us that we had to do all this extra stuff. Um, because it was just like assumed knowledge in their industry in like cash flow forecasting or something. And it was like, how do we know what that is? Like, you didn't tell us we needed to do that. That's right. not included. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and so that became a, a standard clause for us. And that's one of those practice makes perfect. I, I did an agency roadmap project with a client where uh, they'd asked for some additional financial analysis. You know, we were toward the end of the project uh, there were certain things that I had done, but they wanted more than was in the original scope uh, and was on video with the clients. And uh, they, they asked if, you know, they asked about doing this. And I immediately knew, of course, this would be, you know, an out of scope, but I could add it mm-hmm. uh, option. And I said, I, I, you know, I'd be glad to add that. That's not part of the original scope. Would you like an estimate for that? Mm-hmm. And the two owners, one, one turned to the other and said, 
why can't we say that to our clients? <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that, that was actually very similar to my default reply. It was like, oh yeah, cool. Um, I'll just I'll send you a quote through on that tomorrow. Like, <laughs> there we go. There we go. The, the seven I call it the seven magic words to stop scope creep. Would you like an estimate for that? Yeah, and nice. Half the time they're like, oh, it's extra. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Maybe forty yeah. percent. It's like. Yeah, yeah. Let me know what the numbers are, and then they might or might not move forward. But importantly, they're acknowledging that it's extra. And then maybe ten percent of the time, clients are like, "Wait, extra? I thought that was included." Not a fun conversation, but better to do that now than to run into it later, where you do the work and then they refuse to pay. Yeah, that's uh, much better to get it done early on. And yeah, like you said, so many times they just go, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, we don't really need that." Exactly. So uh, set boundaries. If you want to go from overwhelmed to confident, I mean, there are a lot of things you have to do, but the core thing is setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and you can use my reason options, choose technique. And I can share the link for that for the show notes. Absolutely. uh, How to do that. Awesome. Yeah. We'll link that up as well. Uh, Reasons, reasons, options, choose Uh, again, agencyhighway.com slash eight, four, 84. So one more stage, Uh, you know, if you're happy and confident, you don't have to go up from there. You're welcome to stay there. That's fine. Uh, But if you want to, you know, reach your full potential, you could shift your relationships from confident to valued. Um, You know, that's where ultimately you're the, you know, like they talk about the idea of being a trusted advisor. Mm. That's happening. You know, in that case, they're coming to you for advice, even on things you may not really know. Because they just know that you have good advice and you could figure out someone to help. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's nice. Uh, so this is ultimately about creating the right services mix, offering the right combination of services to your clients so that they see you as a valued partner rather than just a pair of hands or many pairs of hands working on their implementation. Uh, And as a shortcut for that, I have an agency services framework I've developed. I call it Think, Teach, Do. Uh, And I can share a a link with more on this. But the idea is think. Those are the strategy services where your client is saying, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. That's think. Teach is training and implementation where your client is saying, I want to do it myself. Show me how. And then ultimately do and think, teach, do is implementation where the client is saying, just do it for me. Mm -hmm. When you think of that triangle, you can identify cross-sell and upsell opportunities. And importantly, any of your new services can fit into one of those categories. It helps to understand what the client actually wants from you. So for instance, if you've been doing a lot of implementation work, a lot of do, where it's you know all about the deliverables, if you want to start offering more strategic services through Think, Keep in mind that the deliverable is not the physical or electronic deliverable. It's about the quality of the advice. It's about the results they're going to get. So this is a case where the actual deliverable might be a few sentences or a few pages. And you might be thinking, well, that's not as, as sort of hefty as delivering, you know, uh, PSDs or Illustrator yeah. files or... Uh, you know, uh, building a website or, or implementing a campaign for months, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but ultimately, think services are high value, and it, it's almost inversely proportional, right? The, uh, the highest impact things may be the shortest kind of, kind of share. So you need to get the services right, um, and there are also some things you can do to reposition as a strategy-first agency. 
You've just given me a bunch of ideas uh, for my Zapier stuff, oh. actually, because like oh. I started with yeah. Teach, right? Like I started in the yeah. middle with the course, um, and I've been toying with the idea of doing like consulting, but I really didn't like the idea of like an hourly rate with like jumping on phone calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, well, I can see to make it worth it. Yeah, but but I can also that's true. But I still like the whole hourly rate thing. I just don't really like. So now I'm thinking, well. I could have the call, but it's also part of a bigger consulting package or strategy package where they get a document and a plan later on. Um, Mm -hmm. And then um, that's something we could potentially hand to uh, an implementer to do because I have no desire to do the do part for Zapier. Right. Um, Just because I don't have enough time. Um, Well, I mean, we could uh, create a team, but I also don't want to create a team. (laughs) So... Um, You're getting to an important thing of, you know, as business owners, we get to choose what we want to do. mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of the privilege of being a business owner. If you're an employee, you kind of have to, as long as your boss doesn't ask you to do something illegal or unethical, you kind of have to do it. As business owners, we have limitless opportunities, but that also, it's a little scary too, right? Because, you know, the, the buck stops with you, whatever needs to get decided, it's on you. Uh, but we do get to choose the people we work with, both employees or contractors, you know, other team members, and clients. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It's like where, and that's like where you uh, started with all of this was strategic churn, right? You get to that's the start of like making some choosing uh, <laughs> what we get to do, and in that case, it's what yeah. we get to not do. Uh, bad clients. Well, Carl, I think. Um, this has been super helpful. I mean, when we were coming into this, talking about the like, you know, stuff for agencies, I, cause we, I don't have an agency anymore. I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we'll help some people. I didn't think I would get so much value out of this, um, but this yeah. has been great. Right. Uh, yeah, so um, of course we'll um, link up the reasons, options, choose framework. And the other one was the, what was the name? The client matrix? The client rankings matrix. Rankings. Uh, we also have the the think teach do services framework. You know, I'll, I'll send you the links and and then. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and um, and we'll also link up the agency satisfaction uh, client relationships uh, blog post. Uh, I believe that is. So yep. there's a ton of information. If you are interested in um, what Carl's got here, that we'll link it all up in the show notes. I, I have blog posts for almost everything. I have hundreds <laughs> of posts on the site now. Nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the power of specialization, people will say, oh, I read your post about whatever. It's like you wrote that just for me. <laughs> yes. I only work with agencies, typically digitally oriented agencies, owner operated. Um, specialization works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, I saw one of your posts the other day on content collection because I got tagged in it. Again, there you Lovely. go. There's specialization because as soon as someone sees a post on content the collection, they're like, talk to James. There we go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, um, Carl, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Jimmy, great, great to be here. This, uh, yeah, like, and the, the value you've provided here is just amazing. Guys, um, I would recommend jump over to agencyhighway.com slash 84. Have a look through Carl's website, um, a whole bunch of free resources there. And, you know, of course, um, if you are looking for some training, um, there are other options there as well. You can work with Carl directly. Um, that's it. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. 
See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.